Well, grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for today's message is that New Testament reading from Acts chapter 20 that we read just a few moments ago, sprinkled with just a little bit of our gospel lesson as well. You know, my family is fond of home improvement shows. And one of our favorites is Maine Cabin Masters. Maybe that's because we moved here from New Hampshire. <laughs> one of the lessons we learned from the show that is that it really doesn't take all that long for a home that is unattended to succumb to nature. Whether it is insects or water or even small furry creatures, regular maintenance is required, especially to keep that foundation secure so that a home does not succumb to rot and eventually fall to the ground. In the raising of a child, there is much to the making of their foundation from which they grow and take on life. There's home and food and clothing and education and love and, of course, faith. For those who think that faith is of no concern, well, the reality of life is this. We all worship something. Now the foundation parents provide their children takes a lot of maintenance. Not only does it require the work for food and clothing and the home, but it requires the daily chores of care, coupled with a lot of patience. Not only to teach our children lessons like things about friendships or maintaining a car, or handling their finances. And maybe if you're lucky, they will actually listen as to how you might go about to select a spouse. <laughs> now, without going further, and today being Mother's Day, I do encourage you to take a moment to either remember, thank, and or hug your mother. Then take another moment, if you would, to give thanks to God that you had a mother no matter how good or how bad they were to you. For this life actually comes with no guarantees outside of the guarantee that you have that you are so very precious to God that he sent his son to bleed, to die, and to rise again so that you might have life with him for eternity. Now, in our text today, Paul is giving a farewell speech to the pastors that he has placed in the congregations in and around Ephesus. I have watched many sets of children say goodbye to parents. The efforts made are most always the same. There is forgiveness and praise and thanksgiving, the promotion of peace, and thanks to Jesus Christ for all that he has done as they look forward to the coming resurrection and life together. It really wasn't all that much different in our text today. For immediately following our text, Luke records, and when Paul had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them. And there was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and kissed him, being sorrowful most of all because of the word he had spoken, that they would not see his face again. 
and they accompanied him to the ship. Now what we need to see today is this. It is the resurrection, it is the foundation of the resurrection that enabled Paul to not only say goodbye to these elders, but also to go. For it is only by the resurrection that Paul understands that Jesus has his future securely in his hands, no matter what lies ahead. Recall our text last week where Ananias heard this from the Lord. Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. In our text today, Paul reveals that the Holy Spirit continues to tell him that the next leg of his journey is not going to be pleasant. Paul has already endured beatings and stoning and prison, but there is more to come. And it is only because of the resurrection that Paul has the strength to go. Much later, Paul will write to Timothy and say that despite all the hardships, all is well. For there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Why is there a crown of righteousness for Paul? Because of Paul's work and his obedience? No! The crown of righteousness is only possible by the grace of God through Paul's faith in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, his Lord. So what lies ahead on your journey? Is it persecution? Persecution does come in many forms. From the inward scorn of others to the outward rejection of the gospel. When was the last time you were persecuted because you expressed your faith in Jesus? And typing something on the internet, well, I'm not sure that counts. But there is more suffering in our lives than just persecution. Perhaps what lies ahead of you is just more. More scans, more surgery, more chemo and radiation, more doctor's visits, more waiting, more wondering, just more and more. How exhausting. Perhaps what lies ahead of you is grief. Grief is unpredictable. It sneaks up on you, causing your smile to turn to tears in a heartbeat. Grief is a natural reaction to something that is unnatural. 
Death was never intended by our Lord and Creator, yet our sin has turned our world upside down. And it causes us to teach our children lessons to keep them safe. A grim reminder of the wages of our sin is death. Perhaps what lies ahead of you is a change of career. Maybe you've had the experience of a door being slammed in your face and your career forever gone. You feel as if the reason for your being has just been stripped away from you and now you are facing the unknown. You remember Paul's conversion last week? His title as Pharisee, his power and charge to persecute the church, his dignity, his self-made honor and self-worth, his self-importance were all taken from him in a moment. He encountered the resurrected Jesus, and it shattered his pathetic foundation of law and everything he knew about life, leaving it in tatters along the roadside. What remained was something new. It took him a while to see it, pun intended. But there was more, much, much more to come. Paul was called to make several missionary journeys throughout Asia and Greece that brought the gospel of Jesus Christ both to the Jew and the Gentile making him the spiritual father of many, including these elders that now stand before him as he speaks to them this last time. And what was the very foundation of Paul's message? The resurrection. Much like the foundation of home, you don't see Paul reference the resurrection here, do you? But what has Paul told us? If Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. The resurrection is the foundation of the life of the church. For it is the resurrection that defeated death itself. The resurrection is the foundation for these elders going forward that stand before Paul. It is the foundation of our life together here at St. Luke's. So what does that life together look like? What did these elders hear in their address at at Miletus? Well, first and foremost, our text tells us to care for one another, and that care takes two forms here. The first form is this. Together we are to proclaim the truth of God's Word in its purity. This means the whole counsel of God, both the law and the gospel. And it's not just the duty of clergy, it is the task of us all. For the clear proclamation of the Word of God brings God's peace to our lives, and it provides the foundation from which our boldness for the gospel can spring forth. After all, where else but from the foundation of the resurrection are you going to hear that death has lost its sting? 
Where else but God's word are you going to hear that your sins, though many, are paid for by the life and death of your beloved Savior, Jesus Christ? Simply put, proclaiming God's word well is actually part of caring for one another. Now, the second form of caring for one another is this. Did you notice that Paul's admonitions to the elders comes with tears? Tears intimate a face-to-face relationship, a relationship with one another. As the body of Christ, we share a connection with one another that we just cannot fathom, especially in the partaking of this meal. This family connection comes with it personal relationships that shouldn't surprise us. And it pains me to say this, but no, you cannot maintain relationships well through the stopgap measure of a computer screen. The Word of God, by God's grace through faith, ties us together as family. A family that has the resurrection of Jesus Christ as their sure and certain foundation. This is a foundation that has no cracks. It has no holes. It has no uncertainty. And it has no end. It is a foundation that gives the church the ability to withstand the stress of any storm. It is the foundation that binds us together in a relationship that supersedes all of our differences, those differences that would divide us. It's the foundation that gives us that sure and certain hope of a future, no matter what comes next. Do you not see that the Lord of life eternal, the one who won life everlasting for you by his death on the cross of Calvary and his resurrection from the grave is the one who now holds you in the palm of his hand where nothing can snatch you out? What an incredible foundation from which you can then go and be about the Father's business, caring for one another, Proclaiming the gospel. Because nothing can touch your everlasting future with God. Nothing can remove you from his eternal presence. Not even death itself. And this is what gives Paul the strength to continue his journey, much like his Savior, toward Jerusalem. The place where imprisonment and inflictions await. For it is the resurrection of Jesus that teaches Paul that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. resurrection changes everything. The resurrection means that you can be selfless. It means that you can love with abandon, that you can forgive the unforgivable. 
It means you can be more concerned with the person in front of you than yourself. But this is not a call to ignore your own health and well-being. It is the power and the strength to go and to act for the good of each other no matter the cost. This is an all-in approach to the mission that is given to the church. After our text, Paul does depart for Jerusalem. He is arrested. And from prison, he will write letters to churches that will edify the Christian church for generations to come. The gospel will even penetrate the imperial guard of Rome and the house of Caesar. Because Paul is in prison. Isn't it interesting to see how God uses our circumstances his purpose and for our good. None of us can know today how God will use us in his kingdom and how that might edify the church or future generations. But this we should know. Because of the resurrection, our future is secure and God will use everything for our good. He has promised to do so. So therefore, from the sure and certain foundation of the life, death, and yes, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, draw forth the necessary boldness and love to give generously, especially of our time, caring for one another through persecution and suffering, and even caring for those who persecute us. After all, the only thing that differs between us and them is faith in Jesus. And they need the foundation of the resurrection that changes everything just as much as you.